I'm Peter Haddock, and welcome to my final episode of the Think Tank podcast series for 2021. I've been saving this one up, folks, because this really is so important to our industry, and it's going to be a huge topic for me in 2022 and beyond. Yes, it's all about skills, folks. And joining me here today is Alistair Resner. He is the CEO of the Civil Engineering Contractors Association, and he's going to talk to us today about the new industrial strategy for the industry for skills in the construction sector. So without further ado, thanks to our sponsors, Leica Geosystems, the surveying and machine control specialists, let's hear from Alistair Resner. I've got about 20 years in the tank in this industry, and all the way through that, the frustration has been, we're a great industry, a career that you should want to work in, but no bugger does. It's, a, it's almost perceived as the sort of the career of last resort by careers advisors because we've never sold it for what it really is, the chance to change uh, the, the communities that you work in for the better. Um, today, or as we've worked through this, this is the first time the industry's got together as one to develop a plan for all the skills that we're going to need. And it's not just about the skills that we're going to need. It's about making it an industry that anyone would want to work in trying to make sure that we we don't have some of the things that the industry associated with you know that laddish culture that yeah only a certain type of person can work in construction got to be a big burly bloke no it's not about that it's about access to all anyone uh, can have a place in construction and we'll help you find it so if you are attracted in the industry let's not make the journey into the industry difficult let's make that it's easy to find a job once you've found that job, it's easy to get the training that you need in those first few years in your job. But even if you've been in the industry for 20 years, it's about making sure that you've got the skills that you need to do this construction of the future, not the construction of yesterday. I'm delighted by what we've seen in the, the construction skills plan uh, that we've published. Our big challenge now is to make sure that it gets delivered and delivered effectively. Yeah, and one of the things that is the big, big numbers that scream out of me, 2,745,550 employment opportunities, planned investment, 850 billion plus pounds. And this is from 2021 to 2025. That is a short period of time. We know HS2, we know Highways England, we know Thames Tyler, the big projects. House building is booming. But... We've got to have people in this industry and we've got to actually upskill to the digital age that is, again, the Build Back Better agenda with the Construction Leadership Council has pushed heavy on that as well. So we have got some challenges getting people into the industry. How are we going to do that and how are we going to work together, Alistair? What's that element all about? I think the most exciting element of the whole document is this proposal around a talent view. Doesn't sound like much. But when you speak to employers, the one thing they, they always talk about is, why don't we make it easy for people to come to the industry? Why don't we have that one-stop shop where it doesn't matter whether you're coming in as a graduate, whether you're coming in as an apprentice, whether you're just coming in because you want a job. Why don't we just put it in one place that anyone that's going out and talking to the industry can, so can talk to candidates can say, go here and we'll help you in. So I think if we can get that up and running, and we will, that is for any employer to get their new entrance into the sector. I, I think if we do that, 
that's one of the big things for industry that we can sign off. Because let's remember, we're, we've got this once in a generation opportunity. And I really mean that. Construction, while it has taken a hit during COVID, it, the hit that it's taken has been nothing compared to other parts of the economy and nothing compared to those that are just coming out of education, coming out of universities. They are looking for work if we can just offer them the route into the industry. So we have this golden chance to bring these people in. We've just got to grasp it. And when I look through the document, and we're going to put some of this information out there for people, the different challenges that we've gone over, so access for all, attractiveness of careers, direct employment, routes into the industry, routes into competence, skills and development and modernisation of the industry, that's all there. And what's interesting, I saw, is this sort of overview of how we can actually create this route into construction. So we've got this entry level, level one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and beyond. That's mapping out not just a job, is it, Alistair? It's a career. And tell me about the importance of that element, the routes in and the career opportunities, and especially as we're looking at attracting people that might have to, because, you know, for example, the retail sector has suffered heavily or might want to change their career, not just get a job. That's thing there is is this piece of let's not just make one bit of the system work let's make the whole of the system work and the first part of that is knowing how people come into the industry and the answer to that question at the minute is 100,000 different ways you know there's all these different routes in some of which work very well you know some of the routes in via some of the professional bodies brilliant but that's not the the universal experience most people kind of have to make it up as they go along uh, when they join our industry, and that shouldn't be that. There should be some clear routes that are easy for anyone to, to come in through. One of the things that we know is most people are in the industry because someone in their family was in the industry. And the reason for that is you need someone to put their hand around your shoulder to say, here's how it works. If you don't have that, chances are you're going to go somewhere else because there will be someone that will help you into other sectors. So this Roots into Industry piece is about making sure that if you don't have a mum, a dad, an uncle, a brother, a sister who already works in the industry, providing that support to you, showing you that way into the industry so it is an easy route into the sector. And I think that's really important. And I also think we've got to really change the way in which we talk about skills and we talk to people. You know, I had my 13-year-old son, Lucas, on interviewing an apprentice for National Apprentice Week because we've got to influence his age group right now because they're going to start make those decisions they've only got sort of two or three years to go with all the 16 potentially out of school and into apprenticeships or thinking about other routes and i always felt that manufacturing has got it and done it a lot better than the construction industry has and that's because they've come together and they've made it more glamorous and they've made it more shiny and things like that but yet you know they're making an engine, another engine, another engine, another engine. In construction, we're making a road, the tallest tower in the world. We're, we're going underground. We're doing something. Everything is different. Different ways of working, different ways of building, different ways of digitalization. And, you know, that's the thing. The glamour is not there, is it, at the moment? How are we going to really tackle that, do you think, as part of this plan? Well, I'm, I'm glad to be your glamour correspondent on this issue. Um, look, there, there's, there's clearly a piece here that everyone wants the same thing. 
you speak to any employer, they all want the same thing. But historically, we've been terrible at bringing everyone together to say, well, let's let's solve this problem together. I feel we're on the edge of answering that. I think we do have support from large, small organisations across the whole of the industry to do this well once. Now, if we've got that, the next step goes to your, your earlier point about let's speak to them in the language that they understand. What I don't want is some set of papers that people have to go and read about how you join the construction industry. I want to speak to people in their language. And that's sort of the language of TikTok and Instagram and everything like that, as well as some of the more professional tools. Unless we're engaging with people in the methods that they are familiar with, you're never going to join because you're not going to engage with the, the approach that we're making. So we've been having conversations about how we can make that really exciting in the same way that I don't want to look at manufacturing. I want to look at how Apple or Google engages with people, because let's face it, that's really exciting and engaging. Why can't we have similar conversations where people are beating down our door to come and join the industry rather than us having to put a long stick with a hook on it and trying to pull them in? Exactly. And I think, you know, with, with the age of, of, and again, the Construction uh, Leadership Council has done this, with this sort of build back better, it's, the, it's the, the real trajectory we're on now to bring in new technologies, to make this a more efficient and more engaging industry, but to actually show to people that, look, there's, you're in a piece of plant in my sector, for want of a better word, you're in a piece of plant, which costs hundreds of thousands of pounds, has got all these wonderful joystick controls, in-screen, in-cab screens, semi-automatic, and the money question that, that everyone's afraid to talk about in this industry, you can make a good living being in this industry. You can make good money. And basically, not only that, you can have a career. Now, as... You know, let's not too beat ourselves up about this, because I think, you know, in the document, what I have liked to see is, is a section where you said and progress is already in motion. So improved careers information. Uh, tell me a bit about Go Construct. I don't really know about it. Go Construct was something the industry called for maybe a decade ago, which was the first step on this journey which is, you know, it's that piece about if you want to join construction, what does it look like? So it outlines what all of those roles are. It tells you what you might need in terms of capability, in terms of training, in terms of qualifications. And so it gives you, if you want to be a scaffolder, what do I need and where do I need to go? But it, I said it's the first step because actually we can build on that. There's so much more we can build around that to help facilitate that journey and this is why the skills plan is so important because it puts in place the next sets of building blocks on that road it shows us how we can have for the industry as one whether you're in plant whether you're an architect whether you're a contractor whether you're a client all those different organizations all those different types of company how you can get a role there what you need and but also how we can help you with that journey, how you can be part of this brilliant industry. And yeah, we definitely shouldn't be afraid of talking about the money because let's face it, it is a, an industry where if you do well, you can do very well for yourself. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think, you know, I hear 
about this issue when you know my children are talking and, and other people are talking it's like it's the secret that you can actually earn some good money and have a great career and build stuff and have a satisfied career because you're not just dealing with with numbers necessarily over here and bits and bobs over there look what you're doing over here there's the building there's the structure there's the thing uh, that you're building and, and there's a great deal of satisfaction that comes into that now the other thing which we have all uh, had a problem with is schools and the way in which construction is perceived the way in which in construction is talked about in schools so this alignment with the stem ambassador program to broaden that school's influence out what is that and what is you know for, for people that don't necessarily know what stem is tell us a little bit about that whole element and how that's going to help us so first simple bit, STEM, science, technology, engineering and maths, but we probably need to put some stuff behind that. Uh, and it's really the ambassadors programme is exactly that. It's about going in and speaking, and it's not necessarily schools, it can be communities, yep. people who just want to understand more about careers. Now, STEM Ambassadors is a program that's far bigger than construction. It is for all of those sort of science, technology based roles. Other bits of engineering have been much better than this, you know, whether it's Rolls-Royce or BAA systems, will go into schools and really sell what they do. We've not been great at that. But in the skills plan, we're talking about 7,000 built environment STEM ambassadors who are there to go and speak in secondary schools, in primary schools. Peter, I don't know what it was like when you were growing up. I had people from the construction industry come into my school, but I don't think they've sold it very well because... They didn't look very much like me um, and they didn't really offer uh, anything other than, you know, you might wear a hard hat and be on, on a construction site. I think we can actually sell all of the things we've talked about previously in this period, you know, that digital, the, the technologies that are coming in, whether it's hundreds of thousands of pounds bits of plant or whether you're building the shard or all, you know, we can sell this. But those 7,000 are going to be our ambassadors, our envoys to go into the places where we know our potential new entrants are and talk to them and not just talk to a small cohort that we've always fished from in the past, but talk to everyone so we can bring anyone who wants a career in our industry in. And I think, you know, one of those things I'd be very interested in seeing how I can personally get involved in the ambassador programme, because, you know, again, from my point of view, with things like this, it's like anything. We have a toolbox talk in the industry and the toolbox talks that are interesting are the ones that got the decent content, are the ones that have got the decent understanding about, and I can remember years ago about seeing a story where somebody had unfortunately died from scaffolding not being tied on properly. That business had a, that issue. It wasn't their fault, it was the individuals, but they made it into a documentary style video that was shown at the time 10 years ago to every toolbox talk that I went to and that really did show us that that sort of safety message the same is is the case for having tools for those ambassadors to say the exciting message the enthusiastic message which I'm trying to put out there and it's tools isn't it that we need to to give these ambassadors and we need to actually not be afraid to create don't we and that's kind of the point of this is there will be hundreds of people already or thousands of people already doing this around the country and some of them will be doing it really well because they're inspirational individuals in their own right and they can go and sell things but for those that aren't let's make it easier for them by providing them with the engaging exciting content 
hopefully that then brings something out in them as well that helps them uh, to deliver this stuff. But I want all of those 7,000 to be able to go in and inspire. That's what this is about. It's about planting a seed in anyone that listens that there is this brilliant career that's available to them. And to do that, we've got to give them that really super content. And it's much easier to do that if you do it really well once than if everyone has to kind of work it out for themselves and create their own stuff. Why would we want to do that? Why don't we just do it? Fantastic, really exciting, inspiring stuff that we can give to anyone that's going to be going in and speaking to young people to try and encourage them into the industry. Yeah, and I think that brings me on to the T level that you're talking about in this skills paper that basically people are seeing in the past, you come into construction, there's no route that you've just brought out this level one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's no route to progression to career. But this sort of the T levels, talk to me about this. I don't know much about the, the sort of T levels that you're now bringing into this whole industry skills plan. T levels come from the UK government. They recognize that there is this big challenge around the sort of transition from education into work obviously you've got apprenticeships but the t-level sort of sit there in a, in a gap that gives people work experience while still doing learning the good thing is that construction is one of the areas that they see as a real area of opportunity um, so there are going to be construction t-levels and we're, we're seeing companies start to engage with that process so through the skills plan what we want you to do is support the government to make a success of t-levels so that they give employers what they want from the t-level level process they give those that are undergoing the t-levels what they need and the employers at the end get people that have good quality knowledge that they develop that they can build on so it's almost creating that foundation to create the workforce for the future and i think that's really important because then we know that people feel that they've got something that's it's actually going to be credible it's going to give them yeah, that kind of level of, of competence, of certification, of engagement, of feeling like they're achieving something. And, yeah. and I think that also, when you link that, as you have done with, with the construction skills network, um, that uh, is the, the CITB research uh, that you've mentioned again in the industry skills plan, that's really giving data and information that shows people the, the demand for the job. So it's not like just bringing somebody in and saying, hey, you know, you might have a job for a couple of months while we're doing this project over here. They're looking at that demand and that career structure. Tell me a little bit about that construction skills network as well, please. So construction skills networks existed for quite a long time now, and it's probably the best set of data around what that future demand for skills are because the very very worst thing we can do as an industry is say come on into our industry here we'll give you a career and then in a couple of years time go well actually we didn't need you could you go off and be a taxi driver because we, we we don't have any roles for you here so by having that visibility of what the forward requirements are going to be look it's never going to be perfect things do change but the better we can map what that future demand is, the more we can give people careers rather than just jobs, the more we can train them through. Uh, and by training, they can help themselves advance in their own lives, earn more money. So that underlying data is vital to improving the experience of people having a job in industry because it does mean that we are recruiting against what we need rather than just hitting and hoping that we've got the right people for the future. 
Yeah, and I think that is, again, one of these critical things. What you, what we're showing here by this industry skills plan is actually the jigsaw puzzles are being put into place and connected together. And I think that's just really important. It's not like people thinking that, you know, we're, we're, we're taking and clearing everything away that's already been done. No, we're actually piecing it together in a structure that actually works and that we can follow. Now, Unfortunately, Alistair, for me, I have been talking to people that have experienced high, quite high levels of, um, let's put it this way, of, well, abuse and lack of respect and something that's pushing them to feel that they would leave the industry because they are getting what I'd call the underbelly of the industry coming at them and I'm talking about unfortunate things that have happened to some women I know in the industry of late and also the general things I see on some of the social media groups like Facebook for example but what is really important to me and why I'm seeing this here and I'm, I'm friends with these guys at the sustainability supply chain school is as part of attracting and retaining diverse talent which is part of this and let's feel Let's remember that 51% of the UK workforce is female, for example. We're not just talking about that. It's diverse groups, backgrounds as well. But there is a part here which is all about fairness, inclusion and respect. And this programme here that is then running hand in hand with the talent retention scheme as well. And so for me, this seems to me that we're going to have something that's intertwined, that we're going to have a business as the UK construction sector PLC that's going to stick up for people, that's going to accept people, and it's actually going to have a, a roadmap that isn't going to tolerate that kind of behaviour in the future. Right. I mean, let's just be very clear on here. It's an unmitigated disgrace, the level at which our workforce is as out of kilter with the wider community in which it works. Um, it means that we are not as effective as an industry as we can be because diversity isn't just about what people looks like it's about the way that they think and if you've got a monoculture of the kind of people that you work with there's a risk that you get only one way of thinking as to how to do things the creativity and diversity that you get with diverse teams will mean that we do the job better we do better for our customers whether that's a small bit of repair and maintenance in a house to building the very largest infrastructure schemes in the country so we do need our industry to be more reflective of society we've been delighted as an organization a seeker uh, to be a major player in the fairness inclusion and respect campaign but if i'm being honest it's only got to a small number of largely large businesses in the industry through the skills plan our objective is that that support to try and increase inclusion, increase diversity uh, amongst our workforce is going to be pushed out to the whole of the sector so that it, no business basically has an excuse for not being inclusive. Um, but also, no business isn't supported to go down that route if it wants to. And let's be honest, it's not that they should want to. It, it should just be the, every business, the way that every business operates. So we'll provide the support. We hope that everyone will want to go on the journey because it is in everyone's interest to do so. Absolutely. And I'm really glad you said that, you know, and I think for me, this is why I'm in this industry to support that kind of level of change as well. And this is why I do what I do. And I'm very pleased that you could come on and do this with me today. 
But let's end on a positive note, Alistair, because what I'm seeing is that actually this really is, this skills industry plan really is a new way of ensuring the UK construction continues to get the right talent, but also, like you just said, continues to innovate and change and build back better and transform societies, transform the way we work, transform the streets that we live in, transform the connectivity that we need to do things like this today, transform the charging network for our new 2030 all-electric car fleets and innovation is what is really going to help us move forward build things better more effectively better quality and better standards and also make sure that pound goes that bit further because the stuff that we do bring lasts so that's important isn't it so let's round this conversation off with a big positive about the opportunity for innovation and how that can be part of this industry skills plan the interesting thing is I'm, I'm now probably old enough that I'm no longer allowed to call myself a young person, but I've still got a few years left in the tank before I leave this industry. And I think by the time I do retire, the industry that I will have been working in will be unrecognisable from where we are today in terms of the digitalization, in terms of the technology that we use. And that's really, really exciting. I think that the infrastructure of tomorrow, the homes of tomorrow will be so different and will perform so much better for users, for the people that are listening to this here today. And the chance is there to be part of that journey, to drive that change. Why wouldn't you want to be in the construction industry when you can fundamentally go undergo an industrial revolution in a sector that's got so much potential to change people's lives for the better? I hope that's positive enough for you, Peter, but I'm, I'm really positive about it. Yes, it is positive enough for us. And let's just say a big thank you, Alistair, to coming along. But let's remind people just of those stats that we talked about. 2,745,550 employment opportunities, planned investment of 850 billion plus pounds, and a gross added value add 200 billion in 2018 this industry is massive there's massive opportunities and you've helped us uh, launch the new skills industry plan into my sector into my audience thank you very much indeed thanks peter so what a great way to end the think tank series for 2021 alistair resnick what a great guest always so knowledgeable about the industry always looking to collaborate and pull everybody together in the industry and what a fantastic job Seeker does in playing that role as well for the wider industry. What I'm really excited about in 2022 folks is more talk about skills, meeting more people that are pushing ahead the industrial strategy but also that are pushing ahead with bringing more people into this industry and helping us develop all of the opportunities we have to build back better so we can be more productive, more efficient, reduce carbon emissions, get on that road to net zero and make it work into the future. So once again, everybody, thank you so much for another wonderful year on the podcast channel. Thanks ever so much to my sponsors of the Think Tank series, Leica Geosystems. 
a surveying and machine control specialist. And we'll be hearing more from them and the podcast next year. If you want to know more about how to get your connected site working and how you can use all of the latest technologies to do that, visit leica-geosystems.co.uk. And folks, until the next time, goodbye. <laughs>